Hello and welcome to Community Topics, number 28, Abdullah's Community. I am deepening more and more into the reality of what I am and, and the deeper this thing seems to go, the more I'm recognizing how how little isn't me <laughs> to the point that, well, nothing isn't me. And we spend our whole lives pointing to things, you know, thinking they have impact on us, but it's just ourself having impact on ourself. And as you recognize that, the impacts, the perception of the impacts totally change and uh, really does become a whole new ball game. Because I am here now and I don't know what that means, but my mind is always trying to figure out what that means. Unfortunately, what I don't recognize is that my ability to figure out what that might mean or what that is, is always going to be limited by my view of myself. If I have a limited view of myself, I'm going to limit how much I'm willing to accept responsibility for. And so understanding that changes the nature of the game, because then it's really just about getting out of your way and allowing what is to reveal itself. And when you do that, you start to see that there are certain clues, that there are certain things in reality that are pointing in a very specific direction towards a very specific insight. Very much like a video game or a simulation. And that leads us to today's community topic, simulation theory. I know that we discussed it in season one briefly, and it led to a conversation very much like I'm sure we're about to have. Uh, so I want to encourage our listener to go and check out season one and season two, if you have not as yet. Uh, this episode especially is going to get weird and trippy. It's going to go up and down. And it's going to be very paradoxical. And so if you're not familiar with the rest of our content, not just passingly familiar, but familiar, I would definitely recommend that you go and check that out just because... This one's a lot of fun, and it's had me chewing on it for a couple of years when I first ran across it. Simulation theory, of course, being introduced by Nick Bostrom. The idea of it is based upon the recognition that our current rate of technological change, if continued on far enough, would yield the eventual emergence of a technology that could create a simulation so detailed and so realistic that it would very much be like reality. And so if we can do that after enough time, then certainly another society could have done that by now, meaning that this reality in itself could be a simulation created by that advanced technology. And that's simulation theory in a nutshell. I'm going to pass it over to Andrew and let's kick this off. So yeah, getting, uh, getting right into it. When Whenever someone talks about simulation theory or their idea that there is that we're existing in a simulation, we might be existing in a simulation. It's always from the perception of division, the perception of division between myself and my environment, perception of division between this moment and any other moment, the perception of division between this spot that I'm in and any other spot that could possibly be. It's all based on those assumptions that those illusions are the truth. I, I didn't hear anyone 
coming at it, whether it was Elon Musk or Neil deGrasse Tyson or the guy who thought of simulation theory or brought it into you know the public eye, no one comes at it from a letting go of those illusions. And yet there's so many things pointing to that. Like science is very much beginning to point to that reality that there is no division. We talked about in an earlier community topics of the reality of a non-local universe. And yet this theory is revolving all around the idea that there is a localized universe and that you are something separate from everything and that any moment in the past or the future isn't here now. And so as you drop that perception that there is anything that could ever possibly exist that isn't you, everything changes. The whole conversation shifts and we come back to the reality of what we do know and we've always known is that I'm here now. So I was saying they're there. We don't know what that means exactly, but there is a depth to that recognition that people aren't willing to face. When people get caught up in simulation theory. It's looking outside of here. Now everything is, is, Oh, maybe this, maybe this, maybe fucking anything. What do we know that you're here now? And that's it. And so because we're so caught up in all of these maybes, oh, well, if this, it could be, you never know. You never know. What do you know that you're here now? So if we can sit in that, the the conversation totally changes. And I think that's the recognition that everyone who talks about simulation theory is just avoiding. Because it's far easier to come up with a theory of technology becoming so advanced that this is just a matrix, as it were, than to look at the reality of what would remain otherwise. So I just wanted to break that down quickly because it's fun to do. Um, We think about technology and I think often we don't follow that train of thought far enough. And so what I mean is when you look at the progression of computers, in our society, for example. I was around for a lot of this. Um, I remember when my computer had uh, 64K of RAM. I had an 80 megabyte hard drive. Oh yeah, and then it upgraded and you ended up with uh, the Pentium processor. That changed everything. And then we haven't really moved from there for a long time. We've just more or less improved upon that technology until now you have quantum computers. Now, in all of these iterations of different processors, we're still relying on mechanical technology. But mechanical technology has its limitations in terms of it not being very dynamic compared to, say, a biological organism. And so you look at our own brain and you start to go, wow, that is processing a lot of information. It's not mechanical. It's very intuitive. It's very fluid. What's to say that we can't, in fact, or maybe some other civilization, if you'd like to go in that direction, create a technology that is biologically based? Now, what if you can improve upon the biology? What if you can get beyond the need to transfer information through any kind of physical form and you can actually transfer information around this processing unit via light, gravity, sound waves? What if information can be transferred in waves and vibration 
directly rather than through any kind of medium. That would infinitely speed up the processing speed of this technology. So what if that's the universe? In which case, the universe is just a giant processor. Processing so much information that everything is perfectly balanced and going through the process of existence with the perception of time. So if that is all true, then we have to look at the fact that maybe this is a simulation. Maybe the universe, let's just say, is the infinite computer and this is a simulation. What does that mean? Simulation actually has a certain meaning. We always think about it in terms of computers, right? But the meaning of simulation is actually just to imitate. It's imitating something that's real. So it is a false show. It's not what it is. So the universe that we're experiencing, if it's a simulation, is a false show for what it really is. So again, we have to go back to what I was saying earlier. We have to look for clues. We have to start looking at certain common themes. We have to start looking at certain common elements to this simulation, to this story. So that way we can start understanding it better. Now, in video games, I don't know if you've played a lot of video games, but in a lot of video games, especially simulations, there are common story elements that will influence the rest of the story. And in those common story elements, whether it be an item or a person or maybe a, a location that you have to get to, the story revolves around this common element. And so to me, the most clear common element in this simulation are all of the religious texts that exist in the world. Because so much of our collective focus is on those things and they affect so much of this story or of this narrative. So if that's the case, then they're very much like icons in this simulation. And we should pay attention to them as such, because perhaps they are connected to the nature of the simulation itself. Perhaps they're unraveling more of the narrative. And so we start looking at these things, right? And what do we find at their base? That they're all pointing to the reality that we are not disconnected from this simulation. And so because we're not willing to face that, it's almost like with the definition of simulation being a false show, it's like there is a layer of a false show happening and and we're not looking at it in the way that would allow us to see that it is both a simulation and not it's almost the perception of a simulation because we're perceiving a false show we're not looking at the reality that we're all i that is the reality that i am here now we're all I, and we're all here now. The same thing. So that's almost pointing to that reality that is actually happening. And the simulation is the perception of division. The simulation is the show, the grand show that we're all taking part in. Like a uh, person is a persona that we're portraying, but we've believed that to be us but it never has been. And so that's an aspect of the simulation that we're experiencing. And every everyone talking about simulation theory is looking at the simulation because they're all looking outside of the reality that I am here now. And so, of course, this theory has popped up, but it's from a perspective that the simulation is reality 
and that there's something else that's the simulation or that this could be it. And I'm all, like the, the imagery I'm getting is kind of like a, uh, it's almost like a big thing of Swiss cheese. And that's the simulation. That's the reality that we're perceiving. And we're all the holes, but because we're looking outside of ourselves, all we're seeing is the simulation. But underneath that is a whole nother realm, but we're not willing to drop through the hole because it's like we're we're looking out of the hole, not recognizing that we're in in the hole. I'm putting in quotes, but like also inside and outside of the hole. And so that whole fucking, you know, infinite Swiss cheese that we're looking through or, or being that perception of everything else is like we're looking outside of ourselves, outside of the fact that I have always been here now. And it's all the same iteration. And so we're perceiving a simulation, not recognizing that it is a false show, believing it is the show, and then wondering if it could be that someone else is you know, creating a show and all these conceptual ideas while being the reality of it. But we're so convinced that we're not, that we think a simulation theory is possible because it is because we're experiencing it, but it's just part of the show. It's just that grand illusion that we've all gotten so comfortable with. So much so that we will go out of our way to avoid it and create things like, I think it's called uh, simulation chain theory, because this was immediately where my brain went when somebody introduced this theory to me. Okay. So we're in a simulation created by an advanced technology or another society. What if they are too? And what if they are? And what if they are? And what if they are? And you can keep doing it. So every level of the simulation is somehow within another simulation by another more advanced technology. And you can carry that on forever. You can carry it on forever, but again, you always end up coming back to the fact that every single one of those characters is experiencing I in any level of that simulation. Whether you are running the simulation from the outside or you are in the simulation, you are still I. That is still the common denominator, which I always find really interesting because we keep coming back to this. Is it just me? And we don't want it to be. See, so it's so difficult to understand because of the paradox, right? We see everything around us and we go, wow, this is massive. There's so much going on. Everything is an expression of intelligence and infinite potential. And I am within it. But there is no division between the observer and the observed. It's just very difficult for us to understand that whatever it is we're experiencing exists by virtue of how limitless we are. So the reason this experience is so limitless in terms of its depth and its detail and its complication and its nuance and everything else is because of how limitless you are. This is all reflective of your processing power as it were, just like any simulation would be reflective of the processing power of the technology. 
this reality is reflective of exactly how much you are. And we just don't like that. We, we avoid it all the time because it brings us back to responsibility and the recognition that there's nowhere to go except here and now. It changes things is what I'm saying. And so we would almost prefer to think, well, we're just in a simulation because what does that do? It removes responsibility. Exactly. And that's what we're always, that's what we are doing as taking part in the simulation that it isn't just you. Like the current simulation, the false show that we're all experiencing is the active practice of not taking responsibility. And so, you know, we have the perception that we are just this thing. You know, I say, I am Andrew, but that's not all that I am. We just stop there because that's what we feel comfortable almost taking responsibility for. But as long as we're in the false show, we basically don't have to take any responsibility because it's all on everyone else. I can just point to anyone or anything or my situation or my environment like, oh, it's it's on it's on them. And so that limitation of what I think I am directly limits my ability to see the reality of what all of this is. Like I see the limitlessness as something separate from me when I perceive myself to be something separate. But as that drops, you see that it's all just a reflection of that, of the limitlessness. And then being able to perceive that division is as ray alluded to that being able to see and perceive that division being able to perceive the simulation you know that we're all experiencing being able to perceive the false show is an aspect of the limitlessness it's a direct directly tied to the lack of limitations that we have but as long as we keep clinging to the limited idea of ourselves, we're not able to recognize how almost full circle that becomes is because we're so limitless, we can perceive limitations. Like it comes all the way back to our current perception and the idea that the simulation is reality. And that's the fundamental aspect of the illusion and, and letting go of what we perceive to be the truth. We drop into the truth. We begin to recognize that it's never my perception is never that Swiss cheese layer that we settled upon, but that's based on all of our perceptions, how we are perceiving things based on how we perceive ourselves. And the more that drops, the more you drop into reality that exists I don't know, the way I'm seeing it is below the below the Swiss cheese um and and it's through that that you can recognize the simulation that we're currently existing in but as long as you're part of that as long as you're seeing that as what you think it is and taking that to be the truth you're never going to be able to recognize what's actually happening here and, and see that it's all you, which comes with that responsibility. It's a lot like Krishnamurti was saying in terms of trying to know the unknown. You can't get to the unknown by thinking about it because everything you think about 
is based on what you know. So the experience of the unknown is really the relinquishing of what you think you know. And so every time you let go of your need to hold on to limitation, you get a glimpse of limitlessness. We call it the expansion of your awareness, but really what it is, is just you're getting a bigger glimpse at what Andrew and I have lovingly referred to as the abyss in terms of just how much there is to you, right? And so it's a lot like we were talking about before in terms of belief in God. Again, God being one of those concepts that's trying to point at limitlessness, that's trying to point at, at eternity, it's trying to point at, at unity and all of that. And you'll have people who believe in God and yet somehow separate themselves from God. They will say, well, God is, you know, taking care of all of us. God is, you know, our shepherd, so on and so forth. But I'm not God. So their idea of God is the limited version of God. And that limited version is based on their determination to limit themselves. If they question their own limitations, they'll start to have a different perspective of God. This is why everybody who believes in God always ends up believing in a version of God that validates their current attachment to their ego and their need to justify. Always. It's, it's directly tied to, always directly tied to how you see yourself. Like with, with the, uh, the layer of the simulation, you know, God, I'm just going to keep rolling with the, the Swiss cheese. Like I was at first perceiving, you know, reality being like below it kind of as like another layer, but it's not that at all. It's that it's like the Swiss cheese kind of floating in infinity, in eternity. And so we're looking through it at ourselves through one of the holes, not recognizing what we're looking through and what we're looking at, but we're all encompassing. Like we are everything around that Swiss cheese that's floating in the abyss. So we are in the void, looking at that, pointing to it, believing it to be the truth, thinking this is what I am. And therefore there must be something outside of this. There must be something that, that created this, you know, God must've created this and, and it did as you, you're perceiving the illusion. So it's almost like you're in a sense, not, not creating it, but willingly keeping it around and you're just you just have the limited perception of yourself so you're not seeing that you are god in that and di directly correlated to how you see yourself is how you how you need to cling to an idea of either there being a god or there not being a god and that mostly just depends on you know your experience and and upbringing and stuff which side of that you're going to fall on but it, both of them are rooted in the idea that you are what you think you are. And then you think, I am someone who believes in God or I am someone who doesn't believe in God all along being stuck in the show. Thinking that it isn't all you and so thinking there must be something outside of you. There, All of this is outside of you, but none of it really is because you're you're engulfing the entire thing and there's no limitations to that engulfment it's just something we're all looking at we're all looking at it and being like this is it so we're settling upon that 
And then we're wondering about things, not recognizing what we are that's looking at it. And that's why we get so caught up in maybe this, maybe that. Could be this. You never know. You never know. Everyone has the right to believe and all that shit. Because we're not willing to look within, you know, and, and when you have that imagery, it's like looking within the hole that you're looking out of. Either way, you see that abyss, that infiniteness. But you're so caught up in your own idea of those limitations that you're not seeing it in either direction because of what you're clinging to, what, what you think must be true that never has been. I think a good portion of that just comes down to our need for control. Because again, we're thinking about ourselves. We have certain limitations and thus fears and needs and everything else that goes along with that. And so we really get caught up in the idea of control. And so that makes the simulation theory that much more enticing because again it's giving you that buffer between what you are and what it is you're experiencing therefore if there's a division you can get what you want you can you can control your way it's not just about what you are right and so i think that that's a significant part of it i was uh watching this video somebody had forwarded it to us on instagram and somebody had decided to ask chat gpt if this was a simulation and of course chat gpt said yes because you're interacting with chat gpt in a simulation it's not talking about reality it's reality is a simulation and so it answered yes and that person's just like oh and so they started asking it questions and so chat gpt is just running with it and it's like well it would have certain environmental limitations and so on and so forth and they're like okay so if life was a simulation where would be the interface and of course it's like well consciousness so they went from asking it is this a simulation to paralleling that to life thinking that they were asking chat gpt for the console to this simulation rather than the comparison between the simulation and life. So chat GPT is like, well, it'd be in your consciousness. That would be the interface that you would have with the simulation. Makes sense. Just like any simulation whatsoever. Right. So, but they were all like, oh, how do I, ac how do I access my consciousness? And of course it's like, well, you would, one way you can access your consciousness. And it said that one way you can access your consciousness is through your thoughts. And they're like, so my thoughts change the simulation and you can just see them grasping desperately for this sense of control. My thoughts create reality. No, they don't. No, they don't, but they certainly influence your experience of reality. That is absolutely the truth. So the idea that your thoughts are the way to access your consciousness, which is the interface to the simulation, is very much from a certain mentality of division, a need for control, a fear of not getting what you want, a sense of lack. It's all the same egotistical stuff. And so if you want to, again, see the nature of the quote unquote simulation, you got to get out of all that. Otherwise, all you're ever seeing is what you want or what you fear. And so that brings us back to the relinquishing of your idea of yourself. And as you do that, you start to, once again, see more of the simulation. And so I would like to introduce an idea into this discussion, because ultimately, when we're talking about simulation theory, and unfortunately, when people ask us to discuss simulation theory, often what they are asking for 
is a how-to. Not just, you know, is that what it is? But if it is, how do I use it? So I would like to introduce the idea that unlike a video game where you have a certain end result that you are trying to achieve within the false show, within the simulation, this simulation is very much governed by your willingness to be responsible for it. In fact, as you align more with it and stop trying to become something, you will find more and more opportunities present themselves to you. Because this isn't about necessarily how to force your way to the end of a quest. This simulation is a simulation in divinity, which means the more you allow yourself to be everything, the more opportunities arise for you to express how much you are. And that's the trajectory of this simulation. It's not that there's any one end result, because again, if it is a simulation, it's going on for eternity. So it's really just an opportunity for you to explore every part of you that you could be. And that's how vast you are. You could call it a simulation or a false show, but the only reason it is one is because of your limited perspective of who you are and your role within all this. It's the only reason it's false. And through recognizing that it's infinite and eternal, there's nothing else that could possibly be anyway. And so being here now is infinite and eternal. And so there is no other. There is no other situation. But that idea that uh, that we're able to limit ourselves and, and the ability to experience everything is directly based on how much we recognize there were everything. Because something that came up a lot in videos I watched about this are, you know, there's uh, the assumption that there's universal laws and there are things that, you know, oh, that's, that's probably something, you know, this is probably a simulation and someone created laws and, you know, we know that for a fact. Is it though? Is it a fact? Are there universal laws? If it's all if it's all you or, or are they reinforced by the perception that you are what you think you are? Like how much can we start to unravel those as we recognize that anything that's having the impact over us is us? Like how deep does that go? That's a good question. I think a lot of our problem comes down to the fact that we tend to rely on deductive reasoning rather than inductive reasoning, or rather we don't have any balance. And so we look at the universe that we experience and we go, well, these laws have always been here. Therefore they are the laws of existence. Um, instead of the structure that this universe settled into in order to maintain equilibrium, because if you think about it, what they're saying is if you, you know, why aren't there no limitations? If there was no limitations on everything, you would have complete chaos. Nothing would stay together. Planets wouldn't rotate. Stars wouldn't move around doing their thing. Like you'd have nothing but chaos. There would be no existence or experience of existence. And so for the experience of existence to be, 
there has to be some equilibrium. Now, what we're seeing in this universe is this equilibrium. Now, astrophysicists and quantum physicists are, are starting to theorize that there are in fact other universes with entirely different sets of physical laws. So that would make sense in the same way that it makes sense watching life evolve that different environments change the way that life evolves. Each and every universe that could exist is a different structure that achieves equilibrium. Like when you look at the Big Bang, everybody's like the Big Bang and then this universe. It's like, well, the Big Bang is all potential, which means that there are other universes that could achieve equilibrium with an entirely different set of laws. See? So it's not that necessarily it's like all oh, these physical limitations exist. Yeah, they do here. Those specific ones. Will, the, will there always be limitations? Absolutely. Absolutely. In order for you to have an experience, there must be. But you have to understand that that limitation is actually just perceptual regardless. We talk about the speed of light, but light doesn't experience time. So we are looking at it from our perspective of the experience of time, not necessarily for what it is. And we see a barrier there. Of course we do. That's part of our existence. So with the, with the laws then, it's still the case that they're there and always will be to a degree. But as we shift our perspective of ourself, the impact of the laws may shift the influence of the laws may shift like it seems like we're at a spot right now where we perceive so much division that the laws are having like maximum impact on us and it's not to say that they're not there or there's a possibility of them not being there but just because they're there doesn't mean that they have this objective impact on us based on our perception, based on our experience, based on our willingness to let go of the need to get anywhere. And all of that stress that comes with it weighs us down in a way. Like they're all weights. Identity is a weight. Needing to get somewhere is a weight. Needing to prove something is a weight. Needing to become something is a weight. It's all weighing us down. And we think it's it's mentally weighing us down but mentally physically there's no division between any of those body mind there's no division between any of those so everything is impacting everything else and so i guess with the laws that people are assuming with the simulation theory like we're assuming that there's there's laws and yes sure but we're assuming that the impact of those laws on us is objective as well and because that's not the case, because it comes down to our perception, as those shift, it becomes less so about trying to figure out whether this is a simulation or not, and, and more so realizing how much influence we can have on whatever this is. But we've just gotten so caught in this is what it is and that's it. The laws prove this, I, I have this limitation humans are this i am this i am a human all of that and as we let go of those the impact of the laws will shift or at least that seems to be what everything's pointing at in terms of uh 
our effect on our body, the placebo effect, uh, that meditation that happened in Washington during the 90s, the Global Consciousness Project, everything that's happening in terms of the relationship between between the observer and the observed. Like, There's a lot that's pointing that there is more to this than just your divisive mentality in terms of being alone in a universe that doesn't know you're here. There's a lot pointing towards it. And again, I think a big part of that is the recognition that because let's just say this is a simulation and it's a simulation that's based upon your vast potential. The more you tap into that potential, the more you stop limiting it to an idea of yourself, the more you're also going to influence the rest of the simulation, which means all of us. You're actually going to be providing more processing speed because you're not so involved with the divisive illusion. See, the illusion, not just the illusion of reality, but the illusion of yourself, of your identity, that it means anything about your value whatsoever, takes a lot of energy. If you were to run a program on your computer, constantly thinking about this fiction of a person, always dwelling on it in the same way you do, that thing would just eat apart all of your processing power. You wouldn't even be able to open a browser and go all over the internet. It wouldn't even move for you because there would be so much. So you just think about that. Think about how much energy, how much processing power you are losing just in thinking about this fictional you. When you could let it go, ease up all of those system resources. And by virtue of the fact that you're processing more, watch reality shift more fluidly with you. So it's kind of like a cheat code, but it's not because it's really just recognizing the nature of the environment. The nature of the environment is you. The more you fight yourself, the harder this gets. And that's even making me think about, you know, the structures we in place in our life. We were talking on a Patreon call recently about someone asked how much structure we have. And you kind of laughed. You're like, I'm not the person to ask about you know, schedules and, and structures because there's very little. Uh, and I said, I have less structure than I used to, but I still hold on to some. And it's all going to be rooted in the idea of you having this, you know, false certainty that creating the structure is going to help you get somewhere, get to a place. And so as you're clinging to that, it's, it's draining some of that potential energy that could be available. Same with any, all of the the people saying, you know, 10 things you got to do to, to be a man or, or to be a woman or to be a person or to be whatever. Like you got to do these things. It's all draining. Every time we spend time thinking about this illusion of us, it's, it's draining our energy. It's reducing our capability. It's reducing our potential. It's reinforcing the illusion. It's reinforcing the show, the simulation. And it's like this sort of cyclical thing, like the hamster wheel. Like it's reinforcing it. We're believing it, reinforcing it, believing it, limiting ourselves, draining ourselves, taking away from our potential, adding weight to it. And simultaneously not having the energy because it's all getting drained from us as we're clinging to the weight. So there's so much that we're holding on to that is inhibiting us from recognizing the true nature of reality beyond 
the simulation, beyond the show, beyond the grand illusion that we're all taking part in. It's so interesting because the false show that we're putting on for ourselves is perpetuating the false show that we are suffering through because it's the same thing. It's just on different scales. So I find that really interesting. I don't know if I have anything else to add to this conversation regarding simulation theory, uh, except of course that I love video games. My first video game, of course, was on the original Nintendo uh, and it was Mario Brothers. And I was talking about symbolism earlier. I was talking about certain items that always end up pointing the way towards the next part of the quest or towards a clue that helps you better understand the environment. And very much like Mario Brothers, our reality has one item that consistently pops up as a source of insight and clarity and strength and challenge. And like Mario Brothers, it's the mushroom. And that is a fantastic way to conclude this. Uh, try some more mushrooms. It can help you see through the show a little bit more easily. Not to say they're going to do anything for you. It's going to make things a little bit easier to see because there's a lot of shit in the way right now as a collective. There's a lot of shit in my way as you from seeing beyond that. And we have invested so much time and energy through thinking about me, thinking about the illusion, thinking about the ideas that it's uh, gotten very difficult to see beyond that. It's a shitload of fog, but there are lots of things that you can do to begin to clear that way and see through a little bit more of it. And I am very excited as we stop investing in this false show as reality to see what we are really capable of. This has been a blast. Thanks so much for suggesting this topic, for voting on it. As always, we really appreciate the support on Patreon and in our Discord. It means the world to us. Thank you for joining us. We will see you next time. Bye, everyone.